Welcome to Redefining Reality, where we live at the intersection of wellness, business, and the birth of a global tribe. So relax your body-mind, open your heart, and recognize that we are the ones we've been waiting for. my friends welcome back to another episode this one is a special one because it is a solo episode and it's going to be a little bit shorter than what we're used to and what i want to focus in on this episode is all about fasting the practice of fasting how to do it the different ways that you can do it and why you would want to do it like what are the benefits you know things like intermittent fasting are becoming ever more popular these days. And sometimes it's a good idea, and sometimes it's really not a good idea. And what we want to do is figure out, okay, what is the best approach for me? What are my goals? What is my timeline for reaching those goals? What kind of lifestyle and base level of performance to be able to maintain? You know, because if you were to do, say, a traditional water fast where you are drinking nothing but water and usually distilled water at that, maybe some minerals added in. If it was me, I would definitely be adding in the minerals. But people that do just a water fast, it's very taxing on the body and you're not going to be able to work at your normal level. You're not going to be able to exercise. You're not going to be able to think clearly many times because your body is going through some deep, deep cleansing. And so that's just one example of a kind of fast that's not a good idea for most people in the modern world. And I recently did a fast with the Living Proof Institute. They had a community fast, and I'm going to link to all of the resources, as usual, in the show notes. So I'll link to the Facebook group, the Living Proof Community Fast. And what we did in that group was drank a mixture of lemon juice green tea, and maple syrup. And the reason for that is that the green tea gives you some energy, a little bit of caffeine, but not too stimulating. The lemon helps your body with detox, helps your body have some vitamin C and minerals, and a little bit of sugar. And the maple syrup is a simple sugar source that's very easy to break down and use for energy. So in this fast, we really wanted people to feel satisfied and energized and be able to function at a fairly high level but still get the benefits of the calorie restriction and the not eating food right so in this case the real benefit came from not putting protein into the body because protein and amino acid chains that are longer than two peptide bonds have the potential to trigger the immune system Now, the immune system largely exists inside our gut. And so when we reduce the burden, when we reduce the amount of food that we're putting in, we give the immune system in the cells of the gut a chance to restore and to replenish and to build a new layer, essentially, and resensitize themselves to whatever is in our environment. 
And uh, that's why after something like this, maybe you eat something like eggs and you might feel really off and you'll think, what the heck? I eat eggs all the time. Why is this happening? What did this fast do to me? Well, it resensitized you to the things that you're sensitive and or slightly allergic to. And then when you reintroduce them, you really feel the effects. It's the same idea when people take a couple weeks off of gluten and or dairy. You know, gluten and casein, those two proteins that are found in, in grains in dairy, are oftentimes very inflammatory and a very... Um, they have a high potential for sensitivities and allergies. So you take a break and then you go back and have like a big bowl of pasta or like a pizza, a really cheesy pizza. And you're probably going to feel awful because your body is like, what is this? You know, it hasn't been exposed to it for some time. So that's, that's sort of what happens. That's the benefit. One of the main benefits, there's a lot of benefits to fasting. Weight loss, people will come to fasting for. Uh, mental and spiritual cleansing and connection people use fasting for. Traditionally, many cultures and many religions have this built in, right? You've got things like Ramadan and various other times of fasting. You know, in the Bible, Jesus and uh, some of his disciples or someone like John the Baptist, you know, they'd go off into nature for a time of fasting. And then they would come back having received, you know, spiritual insights, and so we can do the same thing today. We don't have to go off into the woods and, uh, you know, detach ourselves from society to get some of the benefits. Now, mind you, being in a beautiful, natural setting is ideal for this kind of work, for any kind of fasting, because it's just going to take the stress levels down that much further. And you're going to be able to walk around and breathe fresh air, maybe get grounded if the uh, conditions are suitable. But it's not always practical. And so in the modern day, we need to modify and come up with protocols that work for our modern lives. So that's what this Living Proof one was. It was fantastic. Um, I did three days. So I had dinner on Tuesday evening. And then I didn't eat again until Friday morning. So all day Wednesday, all day Thursday. No, sorry, dinner on Monday evening. All day Tuesday, all day Wednesday, all day Thursday, had breakfast on Friday. And to be quite honest, my body wanted to keep going. But my mind and the other part of me wanted to get back to exercise and get back to being more active. So I decided to break it. But in the future, I plan to do maybe five days, maybe seven days, who knows. And just take it from there, see what I can do, see what sort of benefits and results I can get. And so that's one way to fast. Another way that's quite popular is called intermittent fasting. And all that is, is restricting the time that you're feeding or eating and the time, extending the time that you're fasting. And anything over 12 hours, in my experience, in my research, gives you some benefit, right? So a lot of people, just a good habit in general is to have 12 hours minimum between when you finish dinner and when you have your first food in the morning. And it just gives your body time to digest and to work with what's on board and to process things and to cleanse it itself and to regenerate, recuperate, 
um, and not always be dealing with incoming food because it's a lot of energy that it takes for the stomach and the whole digestive system to function and to extract nutrients and to eliminate waste. So when we can redirect that energy towards cellular cleansing and or cellular apoptosis, which is just the programmed death of cells that are unhealthy and need to be renewed or turn over, which is all a really good part of healthy aging and longevity practice, right? The more we can have those things happening, the less likely we are to get cancer or to get buildup of certain wastes, metabolic wastes in our joints, things like arthritis, you know, that stuff is going to have time to clean itself out so that it doesn't build up to the point where it becomes a problem, right? And this is why fasting is such a great part of a preventative healthcare model, right? The type of model we need to adopt if we're going to have any kind of healthy, sustainable wellness future, right? The kind of future that I want, which is one where people feel good, people are empowered, disease, the chronic disease burden is greatly reduced, and we are in tune with our bodies and with nature, right? That is the kind of life that I want to live, and I hope that you feel me on that. I hope, I expect that you're listening to this, that you feel me on that. that that's the type of life you want to live. That's the type of life you want for your friends, and for your family, and for your kids, and your kids' kids. Because that's what we're capable of. That's, in my eyes, our birthright, is that health and that vitality. So, that's some of the why behind why we fast. And so, intermittent fasting is cool. There's a great program called Lean Gains that does a 16 hours off, 8 hours of eating window. And you would typically time that window of eating to begin immediately after your strength training exercise or your bodybuilding exercise, whatever kind of exercise you're doing, you would do on an empty stomach and then eat right after. And that's because it's going to allow your hormones to be at their optimum, right? And a few hormones that come into play here that we'll touch on are human growth hormone, insulin, and ghrelin. And there's a couple other that are going on. Leptin as well is tied into there. Um, cortisol as well is tied into there. But the main benefits are that when you're fasting, your insulin sensitivity improves. And insulin, for those that don't know, is the hormone that tells your body to store blood sugar as energy. Right? It's to store body fat. We turn sugar that we aren't using into body fat and tuck it away somewhere for a future date when we'll be fasting or starving as the t as it would have been in the past you know our bodies are adapted for feasts and famines you know as a hunter gatherer society or culture we don't have the convenience of walking down to the grocery store and buying whatever we want anytime we want all year round you know that did not exist and so our physiology isn't set up to do too well in that kind of environment because we're going to want to eat more than we need and we're going to want to eat the wrong things because giant corporations have great marketing and research and they know how to get us addicted to their food you know they put those salts and sugars and fats in the right combination and the artificial sweeteners and the additives and the preservatives and all these different things 
into a big old mixture of badness, essentially, that hijacks our natural taste buds and our natural drives for calories. And so getting back to hormones, when we are fasting, our human growth hormone actually increases. Now this makes sense because as if you're in a state where you're not bringing in any calories or any protein, but you still have to be active, you know, you still have to work, you still have to go out there and find food and find shelter and, you know, maybe engage in combat as a hunter-gatherer, this would be, um, that you don't want to lose your muscle tissue, right? The last thing we want to do is burn our muscle tissue for energy because that's going to lead to us coming out of this fasted state weaker and less adapted to survival in the world. And so that increase of human growth hormone increases the preservation of muscle and helps to burn more fat. And that's a great thing, right? That's a fantastic thing. And it's also one of the reasons why it's a good idea to not necessarily eat right after you finish exercising. Because when you do strength training, your growth hormone and your testosterone will increase as you trigger the nervous system and activate those muscles in a very comprehensive way. But the moment that you eat a lot of sugar or fructose or starches, mostly fructose though, um, that begins to come down. So spacing out your nutrition after a workout, you know, you don't have to follow the traditional bodybuilder science. You don't have to get your, you know, 40 grams of protein within 20 minutes window with 30 grams of carbs and zero fat and all that stuff, right? We don't have to follow that. That's an outdated model. That's a bodybuilder model. And I don't know about you, but I'm not a bodybuilder. So we can find a more natural way that's going to optimize our hormones and allow us to still, you know, get the benefits we want and be strong and be lean and be fit which is basically what I'm after, you know. I don't know about you, but I want to be strong and mobile and pain-free and have good endurance and live a good, healthy, long life, you know. Performance is not everything, and looking huge and jacked and packing on more muscle is not everything. In fact, it's kind of crazy that we spend so much time worrying about how we look, right, so we can... I don't know, feel better about ourselves. I know for myself and most of the people I speak to, bodybuilding really comes from an insecure place, right? It's a way to overcompensate. Um, And it's a good thing. It's a good tool if you use it effectively, right? And you don't get consumed by it. But like all tools, it has its limitations. The other thing with insulin sensitivity, right? Most people are eating far too often and far too much and eating the wrong things. So they're eating processed carbohydrates, which are, and dairy for that matter, which are the most insulinogenic or insulin stimulating foods. So you're, you're eating those every day and your insulin is chronically high. And so the way that we like to think of insulin is that it's like a pizza delivery man right? And the pizza itself is sugar or glucose. And every time we have insulin coming around, it's like the pizza delivery man ringing our bell and he's trying to get into the cell. And, you know, when the cell needs energy, it's great. The cell opens up. The cell says, hey, you've got some energy. Come on in. 
and insulin brings the glucose into the cell. Now, if this happens too often, eventually the cell is full of energy, right? It's got plenty of energy. This is your fat cells expanding. And it says, no, I'm not going to answer the door because we don't need more energy. And that's when you develop insulin insensitivity or insulin resistance. And that is what leads to things like diabetes and Alzheimer's, actually, you know, type three of diabetes, Alzheimer's, diabetes of the brain. And if you've ever witnessed someone who's had Alzheimer's late in life, it's not a pretty sight. And that was the case with my grandmother, right? My mother's mother um, really lost it in, mentally as she got older. And it was very sad. And it was very hard to see her in that state. Very confused all the time, unable to care for herself, and just not how we need to live, not how we need to go out. So insulin right? We bring insulin back into balance. We become more insulin sensitive. There's different ways we can do this too, right? Working out, lifting weights, um, being in line with natural circadian rhythms and staying away from a lot of artificial light can also help with that. And it's one of the big benefits that we get from intermittent fasting. And the other thing I want to get to, two more, cellular repair, right? There's a process called autophagy, which is the body's ability to essentially self-clean, right? So we break up the old cells, we break down cancer cells. You know, we've all got cancer cells, the science says. And the only difference is that if we can regularly break them down and clean them out, then we won't, we'll, we will reduce our chances of developing a tumor. Now, I don't know about you, but I've seen people die from cancer and go through cancer, and that's not fun at all. That's not a good time. And again, preventable. Very, very preventable. So we get that cellular repair, right? We get that going on. We break down old proteins and things in the body and just clean things up. And another benefit is that we can actually um, turn on our genes that are related to longevity, right? And we've done studies to show that calorie restriction or a sort of a starvation diet can actually improve longevity. But the quality of life that you get from starving yourself is pretty poor, right? So you're going to be, and if you look this up, you'll see people who are doing these long-term studies and they're very thin, they're very wiry, you know, they probably can't do a chin-up or, you know, do much exercise at all. And their sex drive might be lower. And to be weak and to not have much libido is a pretty sad state if you ask me you know i want to have a good life and a powerful life and a juicy life i want to be charged i want to be magnetic and vital and i hope you do too and so we get the benefits of calorie restriction or most of the benefits by doing intermittent fasting like i said 12 hours is the minimum 16 hours is a nice a nice window that a lot of people like to use. The 16-8 lean gains window. You know, you eat your lunch at noon, you finish dinner at 8, and you're good to go. And uh, it helps you really to focus in a lot of times. People use this to enhance their productivity and their ability to focus. So when you think about it, you probably spend quite a bit of time and energy 
making breakfast, eating breakfast, cleaning up after breakfast, and doing that every day, day in, day out, you know, that's uh, probably adds up to quite a few hours over the course of a lifetime that you could be doing whatever you want to do. Maybe you're going hiking, maybe you're writing a book, maybe you're doing your regular day-to-day work, maybe you're spending time with loved ones, who knows, maybe you're fat, maybe you're praying, maybe you're meditating, maybe you're singing, but you're not being bogged down with food, right? And to increase the spaciousness that we have in our relationship with food, to me is a good thing, because I've been in a state where I became obsessed with food, right? When my gut health was really, really bad, and I couldn't eat most things, I became obsessed, and I couldn't go out to eat. I couldn't have social meals. I had to buy and cook and prepare everything on my own. And it's not a very uh, easy or enjoyable way to live. Now, it gets better, and there's some enjoyment and really deep empowerment that comes through going through a process like that. And I would not have changed it for the world. But do I want to live the rest of my life and every day like that? Hell no. So... Another benefit for intermittent fasting, we free up our relationship to food. We don't have to worry about food. We don't have to worry about cooking and shopping and all those different things. Moving on, we, and I mean, just in terms of weight loss, right? Instead of counting calories and all that sort of nonsense, which is, again, is is quite stressful for a lot of people figuring out, oh, I can eat this, but I can't eat that. And also doesn't take into account the fact that a calorie is not a calorie. You know, a calorie, 100 calories of butter is not going to affect your body the same way 100 calories of white sugar or 100 calories of steak will affect your body because there's a hormonal response to food. And that's what we're getting after here. It's the hormonal interaction. It's the way we can influence our hormones by either eating or not eating. And... That's the key. That's really the key to body transformation and and health on a muscular, uh, neurological, endocrine level, right? The body speaks hormones. The body doesn't speak English, right? It's not going to understand necessarily what you're thinking and trying to make happen with your restrictive diet or your calorie counting or what, what have you. And so, I mean... We're reducing our risk of chronic disease. We're reducing our risk of diabetes and cancer and Alzheimer's and all these really, really nasty things. Um, but there is a time when fasting should not be prescribed. Men typically, and I think, again, it comes down to hormones, men typically do better with fasting. And there's many reasons why that is, some of which I will link to in the show notes. And there's another time, though, when you should definitely not fast. That's if you're trying to become pregnant or are pregnant or are breastfeeding or are not experiencing your period. Right. These are all times when the body is stressed out and it's not. I'm assuming you're in, you know, childbearing age. Right. If you're 60, then, of course, you are not fertile, most likely. And so fasting could be fine as you age. But when you're trying to be nice and fertile and young and healthy, you don't want to fast necessarily. Um, definitely no more than you know 12 hours, 16 hours at the max. And 
the other time that fasting would be not a good idea is that if you're really stressed out and you have adrenal fatigue, which is the overactivation and burnout of the adrenal glands, two little glands that sit atop your kidneys and produce hormones like testosterone and cortisol and adrenaline, help us to adapt to the stresses of modern day life. And in many people are completely burnt out or on their way to becoming completely burnt out. And if you begin to follow these fasting protocols and you're doing the no breakfast plus stimulants and or coffee and a lot of caffeine, then you're likely going to not do so hot, right? For a little while, you might feel good. You might feel, ooh, this is a nice boost. But if you don't take the proper rest periods and maybe combine that caffeine with some L-theanine or include some adaptogenic herbs like maca or ashwagandha is my favorite, things that are tonics and help support the endocrine system and help support the adrenal glands. If you don't include those things and you're just pounding black coffee and you're sensitive to it like I am, then you're probably going to get jittery. You're probably going to uh, burn your adrenals out and end up causing more damage than good. And so I oftentimes will do a high-fat, bulletproof-esque type of caffeinated beverage. And I will always take my L-theanine capsule with that, 200 milligrams of L-theanine. And I'll usually throw in potentially some protein, depending on how much I'm training or what I'm feeling like that day, as well as some ashwagandha or some maca. And that just helps to even things out and support the system while you go through this, quote, you know, slightly stressful period of not eating. And so that is one of the times when you would not want to fast is if you're already adrenally stressed. And you can do saliva tests for this, right? The best sorts of adrenal tests that I've seen and done myself are four times per the, in one day, you spit into a tube and you get a measurement of your cortisol and your DHEA and other hormones. And you get to see sort of what your natural cortisol pattern looks like. And that'll tell you where you are in addition to or in relation to uh, something like adrenal fatigue, right? And the other thing that, uh, you know, people often get scared about fasting. They think, how am I going to do this? You know, I have to eat. We're so conditioned to always be eating, right? Even when we're not hungry, even when our body is telling us I'm good, um, people just think they have to eat, right? It's so deeply ingrained. Three meals a day, maybe two snacks or three snacks. You know, people are eating five, six times a day, um, consistently spiking their insulin and never giving the body a time to break down all the wastes and to clean out the uh, byproducts of that waste. And my experience with the uh, Living Proof Fast, if I could d jump into that for a little bit, was quite enjoyable, I must say. It was very freeing, first of all, to not have to make food. I spend, although I love to cook, don't get me wrong, I love to cook, and the kitchen is my creative studio many times. It was very nice, especially, you know, we did this in the first week of the new year. This is 2017, and it was very nice to not have to cook and to not have to worry about that stuff and not, not have to go shopping so much. 
and to have more time to read and write and do some work and prepare for the year, set my intentions, map out what I want to get done and tidy up my room and my space. So that was great. I really appreciated that part of it. And for that reason, I think I'm going to be doing a weekly fast, right? Once a week, 24 hours, no food, maybe liquids, maybe some like, you know, bulletproof coffee or some, some bone broth or something like that. Um, but keeping it really light, right? And bone broth fasting is a completely different type of fast, right? There's bone broth fasting, which if you have digestive issues can be really, really good. If you have autoimmunity can be really, really good. There's juice fasting, which can also be quite good. Um, you just got to watch the sugar levels with the juice, right? So you want to stick to the lower sugar vegetable juices and not be pounding really high sugar tropical fruit juices. And there's all sorts of stuff online about juice fasting and different recipes you can follow and very, very successful cases of people who have lost a lot of weight by doing extended juice fasts or feasts, as you might call them. But for me... I'm not the biggest fan of the juice fast. Um, I did one a little while ago, last year, and I also included some fat in my juice, and I felt pretty good. Um, I mean, it was not bad, but it was a lot of work. You know, it's a lot of work to be juicing. So if you want to go out and buy, you know, your three to five, ten plus dollar organic cold pressed juices each day, you know, if you want to do that, then go for it. And there's some pretty cool services, um, at least in Toronto that I'm aware of that uh, do a pretty good job there delivering you everything you need for a reasonable price. So if you want to go do that, by all means, go do that. Um, it's not my go-to, though, and it's quite a bit of work for most people. And if you don't include fat, right, some olive oil or some coconut oil with a lot of that juice, not only are you not going to be uh, energized or satiated, but you may not be absorbing many of the nutrients that you're actually trying to get from the juice. You know, a lot of the carotenoids, the orange and yellow vegetables, need fat to aid in their absorption, right? That's why you want to put avocado and nuts and seeds and olive oil onto a salad. It's to help with that absorption. And so getting back to my experience, I did three full days and my energy was quite stable. Um, I did include sea salt in my morning water, as I always do, but I bumped it up a little bit to get my electrolytes in, and I just took it easy, you know. I didn't do any weight training. I didn't do any running or cycling. Um, well, that's not true. I did a little bit of cycling, but mostly walking, right? Mostly just walking, very easy stuff. I did experiment with taking a little bit of creatine, which is an amino acid, um, and I took a few doses of branch chain amino acids, which are just a mixture of what they call instantized or already digested, ready to digest amino acids that help to preserve muscle tissue and also just keep your brain firing on all cylinders and keep you um, energized and satiated in a sense. So I did take a little bit of those, even though it wasn't prescribed in the recommended protocol. But I'm a hacker and I love to tinker. So I did that. Um, I also took some acetyl L-carnitine, which helps to upregulate fat burning, uh, helps to stabilize your energy. I love this stuff. I take it most days with my morning drink, uh, my morning, you know, fat, fat bomb, caffeine drink, as it were. And it really, really helps me to get through the day and feel good, energized, focused, 
uh, and stay lean with no effort. So acetyl L-carnitine, another amino acid, can be a little fun addition to play with. And so I took those in addition to my green tea, lemon, maple syrup mixture, and I felt good. I felt quite good. Um, the clarity of mind um, that comes when you're not eating all the time, when you're purifying your space internally and externally is quite nice. And for someone like me who has a very busy mind, right? And I actually did some Q QEEG brain mapping recently that showed that. And I'll uh, get more into that in a future podcast. But I have a very busy mind, right? I tend to have high levels of beta or high beta brain waves, which are associated with, you know, problem solving and stress and active thinking, which I'm learning more and more is kind of overrated. Not kind of, it's overrated. Our education, you know, our educational institutions really teach us to rely on that kind of brain activity and that kind of intelligence and to think our way through problems and to use the mind to solve every issue that uh, often the mind itself has created. And so letting go of that thinking a little bit and tuning more into your body, into your heart, into your gut is really, really beneficial and can help to awaken your intuition, right? That intuitive sense that knows truth within you, that thing that will guide you towards what is best for you. Right? Oftentimes the brain gets overwhelmed and the thinking mind becomes useless. And you don't want to make decisions, especially important decisions, from a stressful place. Because the way the brain works is literally you shut down the prefrontal cortex or the most evolved part of the brain. You know, the part that really makes us human and allows us to reason and think and be logical and rational. That part shuts down and the brain stem, the limbic part of the nervous system, gets activated. And that's all about survival. And so you don't want to be making, I mean, if you're living in the modern world and you don't have these survival issues that are, you know, readily apparent, you know, you're not going to die tomorrow, likely. You're not going to starve to death, likely. You're not going to, you know, be ruined by something at work not turning out the way that your colleagues expected to or that you wanted to. It's just not that big of a deal. And to remember that, right, to come back to the body, back to reality, and to remember that is really, really good for your overall wellness, your overall well-being and sense of calm and ease and peace. Now, I don't know about you, but I could definitely do with some more peace in my life, with some more calm, some more clarity, less thinking, more doing, you know, more loving, more openness, more opening of the heart, and more connectedness to myself as a spiritual, emotional, mental, physical, bioelectrical, magnetic being, right? There's so many layers to us, and just going about in our day-to-day, -day, we often forget that, and we often disconnect from the different parts of ourselves, which leads to disintegration, and usually, you know, struggles and challenges and 
chaos of some form or another. And we just don't need that. So tying it all back together, I had a great experience with the fasting. When I got when I did get hungry, which happened a few times, but not a whole lot, um, I would just take, you know, a couple sips of my drink. And the idea with that living proof fast is that you sip uh, throughout the day. So every 15, 20 minutes or so, you're taking a sip. That's just keeping your blood sugar stable, right? In an ideal world, our bodies would regulate that pretty well on their own. But we don't live in, a, in an ideal world. And people are stressed. And people are insulin insensitive and don't fast regularly. So sort of like training wheels type of fast, right? Not going super, super deep, but still going deep enough to get some real benefits, to get some clarity, and to expand your horizons, right? And to know that you're not going to die if you don't eat. And oftentimes in our world, especially if you're traveling, the best decision you can make at a certain time is to not eat, right? Rather than having to stress and uh, find a healthy option in a place like an airport or a mall, which oftentimes is impossible, you can just not eat. You can just get water or tea or coffee or whatever whatever you want and not eat. And you're not going to die. And your muscles aren't going to, you know, shrivel up and waste away. Um, you're going to be just fine. And you'll probably be better than fine. You'll actually benefit from not eating. And so... We really need to get that into our consciousness, into our culture. If you are feeling inspired by any of this, by all means, reach out. Check out the links. Check out the Facebook group that I've linked to in the blog. And uh, give it a shot, you know. And consult your doctor. You know, I'm not a doctor. This is not medical advice. If you are worried or you have pre-existing medical conditions, you want to be careful because... Certain medications might interfere or might mess up your results. But if you're regularly healthy and or have some extra fat to burn, you don't got to worry about running out of energy because your, your fat is stored energy. That's all fat is, is energy that's been stored for future use. And so when we stop putting calories in, when we take things like acetyl-L-carnitine, these fat burners, we really upregulate our body's ability to turn that energy into usable fuel. And that's, that's what's going to power you through the fast, right? Even if you're really lean, people look at me and they think I'm quite lean. I'm probably around, you know, 12% body fat on the average day, a little bit lower now after the fast. But you, you have fat, right? We've all got lots of fat that's more than enough energy to sustain us for quite some time. You know, the average person can probably go a couple weeks without eating. You need water, right? And you need sleep. But food, you can go quite a long time. So, that is the fasting episode. I hope this has been useful. I hope this has been eye-opening in a little bit, in maybe one way or another. Um, and I invite you to experiment with it, right? To... Oh, the last benefit. I didn't even get this one. almost forgot this. Resensitizing your taste buds. Huge benefit. Huge benefit. And this will happen if you just cut out sugar and a lot of processed foods. This will still happen. But when you don't eat for a while, 
and then you have something natural, like you bite into an apple or you have, you know, a piece of a banana or you have uh, some nice fresh greens, tender greens from your garden or from the store. The flavors are incredible, right? And that's how they're supposed to taste. That's how real food does taste. And our, our taste buds have been hijacked oftentimes by the decadent, delicious, you know, um, packaged foods and different recipes that we create. And I'm guilty of this just as much as anyone, you know. I'll make healthy options, but I get pretty decadent sometimes. And I use a lot of salt, which I'm not worried about because I tend towards low blood pressure as it is, and it's a good quality salt. And I use a lot of things like stevia or xylitol sometimes, and that's to get that sweetness, right? And sweet is good, right? Sweet is nice, but why do you need the sweetness, right? When I'm lonely, I get addicted to chocolate, or rather, when I'm lacking emotional intimacy and social support, my tendency towards trying to fill that void with chocolate, and this is good chocolate, you know, we're talking 70% plus, dark, you know, organic, fair trade, sometimes raw uh, chocolate, which is uh, definitely a pretty healthy choice for most people, but it's all contextual, and you're never going to fill an emotional need with food, so just know that, right, know that it's an option, and know that there are other ways to fill your needs and to feel nourished and to feel whole and that uh, they're just waiting for you to explore them. So if that interests you, you can reach out to me, right? If you, Like always, if you want to chat about your health symptoms, do a little free consultation, see if we can uh, find a way to help you out, right? Bring some balance back to your life through food, through lifestyle, then get at me right? That's what I do. That's what I'm here to do. It's what I love to do. And I work with private clients, you know, in person, online, internationally, to really do that and to develop a plan for you to hold you accountable to what you want to get, to, to make it easy, to simplify the complexity and help you to feel good, perform at your best and live a long and happy life. So thank you for listening. I hope this has been helpful. Have a beautiful Beautiful day and keep redefining reality. Much love, my friends.